The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs chapter 11. As we have been working our way through this chapter for the last few episodes and times together. And so we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 30, which has been a very popular verse uh, for a lot of people, uh, preachers and evangelists to use, and, and for very good reasons. I want to break this down. I mentioned, I want to say it was three Wednesday nights ago, we discussed the importance of outreach. And, uh, and we talked about that. One of the aspects of outreach, I think sometimes, I believe personally, uh, is statistically speaking, they say only about 2% of the average Christian shares their faith. Uh, and I don't think personally that means that 98% of the people don't want to. I don't believe they, I don't think they're against sharing. I don't believe they're frustrated with it. I don't believe they want nothing. I don't think, I don't believe they don't care. I believe they're nervous or fearful. And I think a lot of it is they just don't know how to do it. What do I do? And, and so some of what we want to do is help equip you with that. But today, I just want to just give a couple of simple thoughts from this verse in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. Solomon told his son this, and obviously inspiration of the Holy Spirit, this is for us today. Proverbs 30, verse 11 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Let me take a minute just talk about the beginning of that verse. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. A lot of times we focus on the idea of the tree of life, but I want to focus on the idea of the fruit of the righteous. We often use this term, spiritual fruit, producing fruit. I'll be honest, for those who probably aren't in church much, it's a bit of a uh, unique. Why would we produce fruit? What does that mean? It's very much a a religious term, a churchy term, if I can say that. Basically, when we serve God, God always, often through Scripture, uses metaphors and similes and, and descriptive terminology, which we're grateful. And one of the things, remember, farming was a major source of economy and work in those days. So producing fruit made sense. A tree that was healthy produced fruit. A church that's healthy produces fruit. A Christian that is healthy produces fruit. They produce uh, serving God. Now in Galatians 5.22, it talks about the fruit. And it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, meekness. I'm missing some faith. Uh, some of you will tell me later what I missed, I'm sure. But the idea is as we grow in Christ, we will produce these things. So the fruit of the righteous, this what as a Christian grows, they produce this fruit. It becomes the tree of life. Well, what is the tree of life? Remember, in those days, gardening, farming was uh, you got your fruit from the tree. That's how you sustained life. Simply, most simplistically put, uh, a Christian that produces fruit will be a life-sustaining encouragement for others in their spiritual journey. Uh, when you see something growing, it's encouraging to you. When you produce fruit, one of the ways you produce fruit, as we see in the second half of this verse, is, is sharing your faith, bringing people to Jesus. You are bringing life to those people through Jesus Christ. And so the goal of, and one of the benefits of growing in Christ and producing fruit is that it impacts others. I don't do it for me. I do it for God's glory and his kingdom, which ultimately influences others. And there's no greater time in our culture than now that needs that influence of salt and light of the earth. Right now, we need that so much. And I'm not even talking politically. Just in the lack of hope with everything going on, this world needs hope. And so when we produce fruit, it is used of God to be a great encouragement and source of strength for many other people. So Sunday, we're going to talk a little bit about, in the morning service, 
about how each of us have a gift we've been given and how we can engage and use that in church. And so we want to, and that's a great way. How do I produce fruit? Well, learn what God has equipped you to do. And so Sunday's a great introductory thought. And so we encourage you to watch or join us Sunday as we talk about that. Uh, but the second half of verse 30, the fruit of the righteous the tree of life. And then it says, and he that winneth souls is wise. Uh, I'm going to take just the next couple of minutes and talk about this idea. We call it soul winning, outreach, sharing your faith, uh, whatever terminology you want to use. We find it to be very important. Now, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, and I, I do believe this to be true. I think sometimes preachers can use this, um, how do we put it, to guilt people. You know, if you're not handing out trash, you're not doing this, you're not a good Christian. Listen, I don't want to guilt you into doing something. If you do something because somehow a preacher's guilted you into doing it, it's not going to, it's not going to help. It's not going to sustain. Having said that, can I encourage you today on some great reasons why it's important to grab a track when you come to church? Grab, grab one and hand it out to someone this week. Start that way. I'm just going to hand it to one person, one stranger this week, or grab two or three or, or whatever. Um, grab something and say, this week, I want to hand out one or two of these to people. Why do we encourage this? Well, first of all, it is the heart of God. You know, we talk about this term, the Great Commission. That is found in multiple places in the Gospels. It's found in Acts. And really what it is, is as Jesus was finishing his earthly ministry and literally seconds before ascending to heaven, he gave this commission, this challenge, and it was to go into all the world, all the world, and preach the gospel, baptizing them. Basically, the Great Commission consists of four things, to go, to win, baptize, teach. We go out, we tell people about Jesus, winning them to Jesus, we, decide, we get them into the baptism waters and then disciple them and, replay, and make them disciples of Jesus. That is the entire premise of church. It's the entire premise of what we do. It's the entire premise of of uh, the Great Commission, those four things. Now, we do that through fellowship, through study of the Word of God. That's how we get strengthened. And that's how you, you know, disciple, teach them those ideas. That is what God's, Jesus' last thing he told us as he was about to ascend back to the right hand of his Father was this Great Commission. So when we look at why do this, one of the key reasons, it's the heart of Jesus. And again, I, I don't necessarily think that Jesus is, how dare you not do this, angry, but can I state that I do believe this is my opinion, that when God gives me an opportunity to share my faith, it could be as simple as handing a track, it could be as simple as inviting people to church, or even more. And I, for whatever reason, choose not to do it. I do believe it grieves the Holy Spirit. I believe that, why? Because it's not about doing a spiritual discipline. It's not about being spiritual. You know what it is about? It's about the fact that the heart of Jesus is not about growing a church or things, although that is a desire of his. The heart of Jesus is the soul of mankind. And so when we have this opportunity, it's not do my duty, it's the soul of mankind, the soul of God's creation. So it's the heart of God. That's one, the first reason. But can I also tell you it's also the hope of mankind? You remember the day that someone told you about Jesus? For many of us, if you're like me, uh, we grew up in church. Uh, many of us, I was saved at the age of five. I attended a Christian school. So in kindergarten, I heard about hell and I did not want to be part of that. And so in my kindergarten time, I accepted Jesus as my savior and been in a preacher's home and a Christian home my entire life. And so to me, it's just been part of everything I've done. Well, I've, enjoyed, I've appreciated that. That's been a great, but it's kind of just part of my daily practice. Some of you, uh, you were saved later in life. You understand a little bit of the distinction between what it was like before salvation, after salvation, but you also have a different view. When I, when I got saved, the kindergarten teacher, that's kind of what the premise of Christian school. So that's what you do. Uh, 
for me, I look at this, and to others, uh, we look, to, to others, I'm sorry, besides where I grew up, we look at this idea, somebody, somebody chose to tell us about Jesus, and it could be in several ways. Just tell us about Jesus. Tell us about their testimony. Just invite us to church. And one of those things got us under the teaching of Jesus and was the thing that brought us to Jesus. Now, please remember, not to religion, not to church, but to Jesus. And there's a big difference there. Jesus brings the change. And it's in those times that those things that we're talking about, it's the hope for mankind. When you think about what we're going through in our world, the world, and I've said this over and over, the world doesn't need a new politician or the same politician. The world doesn't need the swamp cleaned or whatever phrase being used today, and whether where you stand politically doesn't matter. You look at, it doesn't need uh, less police or more police, although we could debate that all day long. You know what the world needs? They need Jesus. Because frankly, more police, you're going to fight more, less police, because the core, is, that's not the answer. And I, and I support our police. I believe a strong police force is great. To me, more of them. I, I'm a fan of that because the, the vast majority, if not 99% of police, are there to serve. That's why they choose their job. Uh, many of them, you know, you get one or two bad ones, we'll deal with that. But to me, they're there to serve, and we love them, we appreciate them. But the true answer for hope is found in Jesus. And why do people do, why are they so empty right now? Because they don't have hope. And religion doesn't offer hope. Religion offers another list of restrictions. It's talking about hope. So it is the heart of God and the hope of mankind. What if no one had told you? Where would you be? What if you didn't grow up in church and you didn't have what I've enjoyed? Where would you be? I consider where I'd be right now if it weren't for uh, growing up in a Christian home and being in front of those who are willing every day to tell us about Jesus. Where would you be? Let me ask you this question. Maybe you're watching today and you're not sure you're saved. You have some level of religion, and you have all these different things. And my question to you is, what if, what if you didn't have that today? Where would you be? So here's my question to you. What can you do? Now, this becomes a debate. Preacher, I'm not a good preacher. I can't stand up. Can I encourage you? You don't have to know everything about Scripture. You don't have to know a thousand verses. You don't have to have really a lot of training. You know what you can do? Just tell people how Jesus changed your life and maybe tell them that they call upon Jesus, bring him to church, something like that. If you just share what Jesus did for you, then it's all they really need. And, and use what simple tool you can, whatever gift God has given you, to honor and glorify God through that. Now, let me give you some basics that we do here in church, because I do believe that since it's God's plan, it does become our personal responsibility because we are God's tool in his plan. So how do we go about doing this? And let me tell you, number one, simply inviting people to church is a very simplistic way to do it. Invite them to watch online, invite them to attend as an intended person, and or as simply as give them a track. We have all kinds of what we call gospel tracks that we have here at church you can take with you that have the simple plan of salvation built in. And so all you have to say is, listen, I'd love to tell you about Jesus. Can I give you this to read? And you say, well, what if people don't want it? Well, then move on. It's not that big of a deal. They wouldn't want to hear your view on the presidential election probably either. Don't be concerned about that. Just offer it to them. Most people accept it. I've had very, very few ever say no. And so you never know what God will do with that track. Uh, a friend, a neighbor, you never know. You say, I'm nervous, hand it to them. Give them, just give them something that they can read and then they can consider because it's the Holy Spirit that does the work in their lives. It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit. We're just a tool that introduces Jesus, the Holy Spirit does. The Bible says a man cannot be saved except the Father draw him. So you do your part, let the Holy Spirit do his part. So just invite them to church, hand them a track, 
Uh, tell them your testimony. But you know, they also talk about going to all the world and preach the gospel. We have in our church what we call a missions program. Uh, we use a pro fund called Faith Promise. By faith, I give to God what he's asked me to do. What, you know, I promise based, based upon he's going to provide for me. And we have a completely separate fund that we use and we support missionaries all across the globe. And uh, some here in our country, some here in Pennsylvania, some in Africa, some in Brazil. And so when you give to that, you are investing in literal worldwide evangelism where people, if you're invested in giving towards that, there may be people who will be saved. There will be people who will be saved, who will end up in heaven, and you are part of them being saved, even though you will never meet them until you get to heaven. These are some of the ways that we go about this. It's personal responsibility, corporate, uh, worldwide. These are the things you can be involved in. You can do that. And just by giving, just by giving $10, $20, $100 a month or whatever it is that God allows you to do, God can use that in worldwide evangelism. Uh, there's a gentleman, Joseph Delp. He's starting a church in Mayfair, uh, area of Philadelphia. He, every time he posts on social media, someone saves, someone baptizes, I get excited. Why? Because our church supports him, and I give money to our missions program. So I, there are people in Mayfair that I may never meet, even though they're only about 20 minutes from me, but I may never meet them. But when they get to heaven, I'm part of that. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're striving to do, having an eternal impact. It's not about being great or doing this or doing that. It's about impact. But let me ask you this. When you, when you end your life and you, you, know, you look at what you have, maybe you have a nice home or nice cars or money in the bank, and all of that is wonderful, but how many people have you invited to heaven? How many people do you know are going with you? How many have you had a chance to witness to and to see saved? And don't, I'm not trying to guilt you on this. Please to understand, this is the hope. So when, that's got to be the thing that when I get to heaven, I want to know or at least have hope that somebody might be there because I invested in this. That is the fruit that affects eternity. And there's nothing more important than that. Never see this as something to be guilted in or as, oh, if I don't do this, I'm a horrible Christian. See this as an amazing opportunity to invest in God's kingdom. And you never know. You won't know till heaven what he's going to do with what you, with, which is what little you can try. But whatever God has given you, he's given you some talent. Use it for his honor and for eternal kingdom. And uh, we'll see in heaven what that could possibly do. We can even see here on earth in our church how that could bring eternal life and how that could change lives forever. Well, again, we thank you for joining us as we conclude now for our Thursday devotional. Uh, we hope this is an encouragement. I, don't get me wrong. The idea of soul winning, sometimes we, I'm a little nervous. Put your trust in God. Step out in faith and see what God can do uh, with what might be a weakness of yours. But see what God can do uh, when you're just willing to step out and say, Lord, I'll do whatever I can.